Maybe I've already started. Maybe you've just slept for the past few days. Did you in hibernation? <laughs> I did sleep quite well That's last good. night. That's good, I know. needed the sleep. You know, as I get old, uh, I'm old, and uh, I get older every moment. And I have learned that my sense of well-being really hinges prim- primarily on just basic animal shit. Uh-huh. Did I sleep well? Did you? Am eat? I eating yeah. okay? Hangry, getting <laughs> I, hangry. Well, that you don't want to get hangry, but also not eat too much crappy food. Uh huh. Which is the problem is if you get hangry, then you overeat junk food, and then I get sad tummy, and the cycle continues. I, I, and this this week was a combination of stress stuff for me, but also not sleeping in my own bed. Yeah, like it's it's tough. It's, it's tough. No, you need to get back to the cave. Yep. Go back to your happy place, your place of serenity, <laughs> your place of where you feel safe, where you feel comfortable. Yeah. No, actually, and just, regenerate. Just one day back. Um, I was able to feel much more like my usual self. And, and also bask in the beautiful California sun. That's I love what it. we pay these rents for. <laughs> Indeed. That's what I always tell people is it's expensive to live out here, but you get the best thing about it for free, which is you can just walk outside. We can walk outside. And just bask in that California sun. It's another beautiful day here in Los Angeles. Ho-hum. <laughs> just another beautiful day. Just another beautiful day to talk about Having sex with seventh graders. <laughs> yes, another beautiful, a, what day is not good uh, to, to talk, talk about, about that subject? That, to talk about that topic, <laughs> that cheery topic. That's right. We're talking about May, December. Todd Haynes. The new, new Todd Haynes film starring Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman. And a really quite excellent performance by an actor. Who Charles I, Melton. Yeah, who yeah. I don't know. He's, I don't, he's great. Is he, is he yeah. new? Has he done uh, stuff? No, he's, I think he, he started young. Um, oh, zing. <laughs> zing. <laughs> but no, um, this is this is kind of a huge breakout for him. Oh, and, he is great, and he's incredible. He's great. Great performances yeah. all around. I thought the acting is really sensational. Um, and honestly, it this is Todd Haynes is really good with actors. Like he he, he if anyone was the kind of uh, modern Douglas Sirk. Like who like taps and on superficiality and um, I, I would say melodrama, like he he melodrama, uses yes. uses that in such a way that is uh, that that underneath the surface there's so much going on because it it looks beautific. There's something that they're they're dealing with characters in a kind of, in a sense of polished nature, and then underneath the surface there's just such a venomous spirit. Ugh. And uh, this movie is. One of his most uh, stinging critiques. Although, yeah. yes, the venom is directed at us. Yeah, right? oh, it's yes, directed at us. Much. It's not directed at the characters on the screen. No, it's at us. It's yes. directed at us. And that was the thing I thought was most fascinating about this movie was the the sort of you know he's doing for a certain thing what Haneke does for something else. Yeah, right? that's which very is true. Looking at you and saying what? How fucked up are you exactly? Yeah. Or how fucked up are we all? Yeah. Right, because the movie has just these constant tonal shifts, right? Which seems to me it's asking this question of, or asking this series of questions: is what is this? How do you see this? Is it mm-hmm. funny? Is it sad? Is it fucked up? Is it weird? Is it in its own way kind of a love story, kind of a tragic love story? Yeah. Does it feel like that, even though you don't want it to feel like that because it's so fucked up, because it's so weird, because it's so wrong? And it'll and he'll dr- he'll turn on a dime where you'll have this very naturalistic scene, and yeah. then you'll have this weird music drop, 
right? <laughs> or the, you'll have this scene. I mean, the one scene that really blew my mind was the makeup scene where Julianne Moore is putting the makeup on Natalie Portman, and they're literally in different scenes. Yes. Like, Julianne Moore is just going about it like it's this normal thing to do, no change in her affect, just living her life. And Natalie Portman is going through, like, the agony and the ecstasy of, like, some transformation into <laughs> yes. this woman where her face is just, like, contorting and just... Like, so they're literally doing different scenes. Yeah, yeah. They're conveying just these dramatically different things in the same scene, on the same frame. Yeah, yeah. And he really lets those takes run. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's, credit to the actors, right? Because they're not sitting there doing, Like, li- you know, like a, a line reading here, a line reading there. Yeah, no, no it, it's uncut. It's, it's No, there are several scenes that he really lets run out, Yeah, right? That he really lets run out, which is... I always like. I always like it, and I'm always impressed when they the people have the confidence to just let it ride. Yeah, just let it ride. Well, and, and, and the actors can do it. And obviously, these are. Uh, I mean, exceptional. Uh, you know, uh, Portman has had her ups and down ups and downs for me. Uh, Julian Moore, I think, is uh, is uh, as, good, the as good as they get. Yeah, as right, as, as good get. as they get. She's a she's right there in the Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep category. Just a just a beast. And like I said, the new guy. Melton, whatever his name. Melton, Charles Melton. Yeah. Char- Charlie. Charles Melton is great. Yes. I mean, he is really... Uh, and and he's crucial. It's a, it's a Oh, yeah. He has to... And he has the hardest thing to do, I think, yes. on some level, yeah. right? I mean, Portman is the one who's acting, you know, underscore, bold letters. But uh, the exaggeration of her is the joke. And, yes. and also the kind of despicable, nasty, poisonous thing about it is this, this tapping into the trauma of a situation to exploit it for its... For what she can gain out of it and what she can like mine the territory. Or even but it's not even like personal gain. It's also this sadism, yes, right? Yes, I mean that yes. this the scene where I mean, which was a crazy scene and I still I mean, that sex scene, like I don't know if I buy that on any level. Like that's one moment where I'm like, Okay, come on. Yeah. Like but it was very sadistic, yeah. right? What it's she does incredibly. to him is so sadistic because it's like, well, She's just fucking with him on like every possible level, and he's so vulnerable. Incredibly, he's so vulnerable to just being fucked with. He's, I mean, the character is. If if you're going to look at the movie, a lot of people and Todd Haynes has bucked against it, but he's he's also said, well, call it what you want, like what whatever you get out of my movie, I understand. Some people have called it campy. And there is a bit of camp. There's a of bit of that flair. Of that, that the, uh, You know, those music stings that you brought up. Like, you know, she opens the refrigerator and the music sting hits. I think we. I don't think and we have she, enough hot dogs. I don't dogs. think we I have mean, enough I mean, hot dogs. I mean, it's telling you it's campy 10 minutes. Five, that's five minutes in the yeah. movie. But I think that that's, that's a great trick because it, 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 allow, it brings you into the tabloid... Uh, uncomfortable unsettling aspects of this story that you wouldn't necessarily buy into and follow these kind of characters by introducing that kind of tone and then it pulls the rug from under you with the charles melton character which i think is a pretty exceptional move he is a stunted adult like because of what what is it an amber having been made a a sort of quasi adult Uh at 12 at 12 yeah it's insane Having uh, and only able near the end of the movie to even manifest just how fucked up that is, like how fucked up it is that he was making these decisions. I mean, I think that's really what he says. Like, maybe I was too young to make these decisions. And in, 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 in of course he, he was. was. <laughs> of course he was. Um, even his his daughter and son, his twins, who are older and going and graduating high school. I think this is a great 
uh, illustration are too young to experience what he has done. Absolutely. Well, so and so imagine and the movie gets at this right. Imagine that in certain ways at 12 you're more mature for your age because you've had to be more of an adult. You've had to help raise your sister, you've been you've had to deal with all these things, yes. right? Yeah. So you are advanced in some ways and then you get in this kind of this extreme version of being advanced, this acceleration where you become someone's partner mm-hmm. kind of sort of, I mean, you know, and you become a father, right? And then everything else about you gets frozen, right? Imagine all the, like, you know, I had my child when I was, you know, well into my 30s. And I can think of so many stages that I went through, developmental stages between 12 mm-hmm. and me in my early 30s. Oh, so many. Just just so, like, th- that development between 12 and, like, 14, all of high school, all of college, your early 20s where you're trying to, like, figure out what's my life now that I'm not in school anymore, mm-hmm. uh, your late 20s where you're sort of trying to not be crazy and fucked up yeah. like you were in your early 20s, your 30s where you're like, fuck, I'm in my 30s, am I even an adult yet? All of those stages to barely be ready, maybe not ready, you know, query. I mean, mm-hmm. my daughter is lovely. Can, you know, credit where credit's due to Silvana, my <laughs> wife. But to just barely be... And I understand people have kids a lot earlier than that, and they some of them do a great job. But you just think about all of those ages and stages and developmental points and lessons and fucking up and learning something and being a little bit better and a little less of a shithead yeah. that you and I or anyone will go through before you do something as massive as get married have children or have a child be a father yeah. i mean that is just to be frozen in amber in some ways at that point cuz yeah cuz yeah this the, the a great scene where they smoke dope on the on the great scene on yeah. the uh, and the and credit to that guy who plays the son too who also does also a great job good, yeah. i mean everybody in this movie is doing it, yeah the acting work. across the board is incredible Every actor is putting in work I, he, I can't even believe like the the two children have to like share this the, the, this this their own shared experience and uncomfortableness because they love their father but they almost there there's this level of like antagonism under the surface towards the mother because they're becoming aware yeah and becoming aware of what the reality of the situation oh, yeah. is and they cannot necessarily blame their father who can blame a 12 year old who has been uh, abused and uh, manipulated and uh, controlled in in this way and if you believe that she is being honest, right, about how she felt to the point where she says that he was in charge, he was in control. If you believe that she believes it, and the movie seems to strongly be entertaining that, mm-hmm. the movie, yeah. the, you, you know, you like you said, it's the Natalie Portman character that is psychotic, right? Yeah. That yeah. is just there to do damage and be personally acquisitive in all kinds of ways, material and otherwise. Yeah. She's kind of a cipher. You know, the Julian Moore character is kind of a cipher. And so you could believe almost anything about her, right? But the movie at least seems to be strongly entertaining the notion that she's serious, that she really feels this way. Yeah, that she believes In fact, she's almost painfully earnest, right? That's kind of her, her métier. And... How fucked up is that? It varies. That is... that because Because... Because it's one thing to contemplate the evil of someone, but it's another to contemplate someone who's so distorted that, like, it's one thing if someone does, you know, oh God, we're getting, this is dark territory, but the movie takes us there. If someone uh, 
does things sexually with children because they think it's evil and the evilness is part of what they like. Mm -hmm. It's quite another to think about someone who does not think it's evil. Yes. Who sees that relationship the same way that you or I would see a relationship with our relationships, right? With another consenting adult who's basically our age. That it's just a a natural form of what they are feeling. we, We were in love and, you know, maybe the world wouldn't understand, but it's just a normal natural beautiful thing yeah that's that takes you to a different psychological territory right well and and the movie even it's interesting because the 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 idea of the movie is the portman character is trying to come and find a truth or or an essence of like who this person is and to study her investigate and it is perverse it's a perverse investigation but you walk away maybe thinking you don't know exactly what was going on. Like, we don't really understand the motivations of the Julianne Moore character. It's yeah. left quite ambiguous and disturbingly ambiguous because they try and explain it. It's like, oh, she, like, the, the, her, her son is like, oh, he was, she was abused by her brothers. And so that's why it, it froze her in sort of a, a sense. And, you know, tr- tr- people who, it, have trauma and still trauma on other people, but that is explained away. Or you don't, and you don't know if that's her being honest or if it's him being honest. She's either trying to disguise that that truly happened or it didn't happen, and it puts you in such a discomforting, unsettling yeah. weight at the end of that to really go wait. What was happening with this person? And it seems that she was more aware of what she was doing and how she was framing it than you could ever put your finger on. Absolutely. And that's really uncomfortable. And it kind of comes off in that way as like a poison pen letter to Hollywood or maybe even to our society more broadly because mm-hmm. we want the clean explanation. We want the clean explanation. Very oh, much. yeah, she was abused. Sure. Okay, there we go. We've uncovered it. We've answered the We've answered the question. And that's that's kind of the true crime ideal, right? Yeah. Is you kind of rip it all off and you all of a sudden at the end you get to that kernel like, okay, that's why this person is the way they are. But maybe there is no explanation. Maybe there isn't. Maybe she was very aware of her choice and she made this choice. And some people make terrible choices and have an extreme ability to rationalize what they do. And that that's part of the equation here. I mean, the Natalie Portman character is rationalizing how she is behaving, what she how she's instilling and poking and prodding and investigating and and trying to mine this ter- this territory for the drama at the center. But, but of what's it. interesting is, it seems to me the movie is suggesting that she didn't even have to rationalize. That's the thing mm-hmm. that's wild. Yeah. She is in this way very Nietzschean almost, the Julianne Moore <laughs> character, where yes, even yeah. when she gets upset, it's this very kind of like pure form of upset and it's it's always about something childish but it's very clean yeah right we have this sort of psychoanalytic like it's kind of a, it's kind of a almost an attack at the whole psychoanalytic tradition that gets manifested in the approach to acting and storytelling and filmmaking that portman is a send-up of right yeah, yeah. where you're going to delve in deep and you're eventually going to find this deep-seated issue that's the real truth that explains everything. Yeah. But what if that's not really how people work? Mm. What if we're just this collection of unexplained appetites, right? That we just pursue. Yeah. Right. That we just pursue. And those are sort of first movers onto themselves. And there's not some sort of deep nut to crack in our, the bottom of our psyche. No. What if that just is who she is? Yeah. What if she did? What if for her, her subjective experience was just, like I said, just like you or I falling in love with our partners. What if it was like that? What if there was no, guilt Mm -hmm. right and how fucked up and strange is that because then she becomes something 
like I said, we can. There's something about us where we can maybe understand the person who does evil and likes it, but the person who does the thing and it's just that's just oh, I, it's just normal. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's and, that's wilder. And that and the contempl- and contemplating that possibility of that kind of a person really does call into question the whole worldview that Portman is brought into embody. Yeah, that, like I said, that psychoanalytic. You know, I'm an actor. I'm going to ask what my motivation is. What's really going on? I'm doing the scene, but I really need to think about what this character's life was in 13, when they were 13 because mm-hmm. that's really the key. And what was their relationship with their mother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that's all just we want things to be explicable, but maybe they're just not. They, maybe At least not, not on that level yeah. where we can eventually find the logic to them. Yeah, Maybe things yeah. are way harder to understand. And I do think that that goes in line with the the main, what seems to be the main um, criticism or commentary is what you brought up earlier is a, it's it's looking at the audience, po- poking, prodding them to ask them these questions, and then it's maybe the Hollywood project at large because we are constantly or or the dramatic the melodramatic Hollywood project, the prestige project, trying to look at these true true life stories these tabloid natures like these peripheral engagements and then we heighten them we exaggerate them and i think this movie is is really darkly funny in how they approach that like at one point she's like watching the porno version of the movie that she's going to be making and and then at the end of the movie it's not a far cry from each other and how they are using the same sort of the this this unsavory reality that people obsess like we we are repulsed but intrigued by you know oh, yeah. that that no, is the play, no, the I, mean, play I remember this story them. i remember this story and you could get every response from gross terrible horrifying to oh lucky guy lucky guy lucky that's guy definitely, is that's definitely, definitely gendered one. that's yeah. definitely gendered right it's never lucky girl when it's male to female no never no. never never uh so that's definitely a gendered response but and i think it's gross but but the fact oh, that it's, it's 100% but the fact that that it's even something we have access to like some people could say well yeah isn't that kind of every adolescent boy's dream the fact that that's even something that could kind of cross people's minds is is very telling yes and it really yeah. opens up the space for Haynes and and for this story to like i said just keep pitching to us streaming really to us all these different ways you might see it yeah yeah you know as everything from gross to tragic to funny too frightening. Yeah, I I'm actually really. This is one of my favorite Haynes works um, because of that balance. It's like w- he keeps you off kilter the entire time. At times things are campy to the point of hilarity. At some sometimes it's perverse to the form of disgust and repulsion. And he's playing. He, he's having a ball playing around with that. I think it's a sensational cri- script. Apparently, it's their first script. Sarah. Uh, something or other i forget her name but uh it's a pretty impressive managing of those of that kind of tone shifts that again another movie another another director would drop the ball with with how or or be too too apparent in what exactly they are trying to say be really on the nose be soapboxes be be on a soapbox and really just tell you exactly what the point of the movie oh, yeah. is. But this movie is such a phenomenal exercise that turns into, that that gives you exactly, you, you get the humor out yeah. of it, you get the drama, you get, if you focus on that the Charles Melton character, there is something 
to really understand about the core of what Haynes is trying to get at, but he still leaves it open-ended. Is he going to leave his wife? Is he, is he, is he catching up to the experiences that he's having? I think that the movie leaves us in a state of, of, questioning that is really impressive yeah. and if you if you look to each and every character you can f- pull on the thread and find some answers but not all yeah well and it's also a, a real bit of genius screenwriting in the sense that it it chooses a device which could be corny the mm-hmm. movie about making a movie or could seem too clever by half and really leverages it very much because i think that's the only way i mean maybe there's another way i guess you could do some sort of rashomon style thing but it's one of the only ways I can conceive of where you could capture all the different ways the story could be perceived. Yes. Because it yes. gives you a lot of layers and levels to think about all the different tones or morals that people could take out of this this event. Whereas I think if you did a straight movie, if you made the movie that they were making in the movie you would have to come down somewhere. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you couldn't... In this way, you have multiple pre- protagonists, right? Or you have multiple, you know, um, Mary Kayla Turner or whatever she's called in the movie, Gracie, right? Gracie, Mo- yes. You have multiple Gracies. You have the actual Gracie. You have Natalie Portman as Gracie. You have these other Gracies that you show glimpses of on in the screen. And even Portman can go from different Gracies at yes. different points. Yeah. She's different Gracies, which you couldn't really do in a movie that was just a straight retelling of the event. Yes, absolutely. Right? And that gives you the opportunity to ask all these questions about who she is and what did she do and what does it mean. Yeah. Right? So in that way, I think the use of that device, the ma- movie about a movie, really works in the way that I don't always think formalistic devices like no. that do. No, they, that, that, they, can, they can get a little... On the nose, they can get a little uh, pedantic, um, little little trite, but this one is balanced very well. It's Sammy Birch who wrote it. Um, first screenplay, apparently, or first screenplay bully, that's been bully produced. For that. uh, yeah, well, I mean, definitely, you you know, you'd expect some uh, some awarded attention for the writing. I oh, the absolutely too. I mean, the Portman role is sort of designed to be give me an award uh, i mean that scene where she becomes gracie at like the oh, end like yeah, talking some, to the i was mirror. talking to a friend about it and she said yeah that's the that's the one for the that's oscar the, it, oh and you couldn't play the whole thing either but you almost want to we would want to watch it like she's it's so unsettling to watch oh yeah her. no i mean just as a formal exercise right yeah just like watching someone do a monologue for an audition which is kind of what it is i guess an audition for a for a gold statue yeah, I mean, what can you say? What can you say? And that's another thing that could really go wrong. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, so, I mean, talk about chops, right? She had the chops to bring it off. You know, although, and, I, although the speech she gives about screen sex in the class yes. is in some ways as good. It is as good. Because it really, that's a great scene. Because it really, it feels very real. And it feels very the way that thing would go in real life where the class kind of goes from laughing to being like, uncomfortable yeah that you, but also probably kind of turned on very of much so <laughs> you know as you know like sometimes we are turned on by what repulses us or it makes us uncomfortable and i i think that the movie is kind of 
playing around with those that 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 it's not always at the spectrum of extremities from each other that they actually kind of intertwine in a very perverse manner entertainment is almost like the the marriage of repulse and and intrigue together and this movie is really confronting it that scene is really fascinating because she, her her ability to again explain or take take this kind of weird pleasure in explaining it like she she it's almost like she understands what this as an actress what what power she has and she's kind of like using it in that scene towards yeah. towards the 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 expectation yeah, of like, what she has yeah, if you want to go let's go Exactly. You, you, you think you can make me uncomfortable? I'll make you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's it's, play. It's very much like it's. It strikes you that she either has been in, obviously, in the position before. You know, having been a notable actress, been in this business. It tells you a lot about the business. I again, I think the main criticism here is Hollywood, and again, the people who are in, are kind of mindlessly engaging in Hollywood, that they don't really understand how the business works. They don't really understand what is what what experiences people have in 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 being an actor, being on sets, and then also the the subject and material yeah. that we all just devour. On uh, again, like uh, this tabloid sensation mm-hmm. is something of the '90s. Very, I remember growing up in the '90s and being even a peripheral awareness you know i was very young but i understood what was going on i had heard stories like this i had heard reactions of guys being like oh lucky you know all of that stuff it's very unsettling but again all of it is is just packaged here in remarkable fashion to engage with these again a multitude of large questions of like what do we find entertaining what what do we find engaging on the kind of social periphery of of these of these kind of tabloid sensations why do we keep revisiting them why do we keep coming back to them and it's because most of us just are the 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 people obsess about it people who uh, people who are of of like of every form of kind of uh a kind of prudish or an Religious nature always focus on stories like that. It's almost like a societal uh, engagement here that uh, it's, I mean, it's a really nasty, probing, scathing, uh, you know, knife to it all. And I, I was just really impressed. I was impressed all around. I think Natalie Portman has the more sensational role. Jul- Julianne Moore doing really subtle work in engaging with those questions. And uh, yeah, it's it's this wonderful combination of great writing really balanced direction, great performances to enhance something that's that I think is really provocative. You know, yeah. that that's a, the, again, pr- provocation is, uh, is hard to do as we've talked about. This is really good provocation. This is a really yeah. sensational use of that yeah. and a good, a, a kind of different vantage point of that tool, because obviously provocation is usually just, heightened exaggerated this one even though it has a heightened exaggerated kind of tones in there the camp and the dramatics and the melodrama of it but it is meant as a tool to kind of keep you off kilter and then it, it really punctures you um which is really quite um, it's really impressive absolutely it is definitely a provocation because at the end of the day what the movie's asking us is who's the more loathsome between the two of them 
And the movie clearly thinks that's an open question. It does. Yeah. Right? Which is pretty amazing to suggest that the business that you're in might be more loathsome than someone who had sex with a 12-year-old, a full-grown <laughs> adult who had sex with a 12-year-old. It, yeah. That's, a, a, that's lot. a pretty provocative question, and it does say a lot about how you feel about your industry. Yeah. Right? That someone who goes in and is just kind of a chameleon who just wants to vampirically – I'm going to mix my metaphors here – vampirically sort of suck the soul out of this person so they can, they can reproduce it for fun and profit on the screen. Uh-huh. Who's worse? Yeah. Who's worse? The person who does it or the person who watches it? The voyeur, uh, the profiteer, or the actual evildoer? Because yeah. one thing you definitely feel like when you see at the end of the movie is that Gracie is a person of substance and identity, right? You might think her substance or identity is sad or gross or loathsome but she is a person with all some, of those things she, it's all of those she things. is a person with with a substance and yeah. with an identity with some sense of who she is whereas natalie portman's character it's she's just empty. she is just a kind of a parasite yeah. right who's just going to float in and imbibe as much of gracie as she can to then turn around and become her and take whatever pleasure she can from becoming her which the movie suggests especially at the end could be gross in the same way that hers was gross yeah but also to be a successful actor i mean get the acclaim get the big money and fabulous prizes that come with that the only evidence i could say that it it leans in the favor that portman is the more depraved of the two is is the fact that she seduces and sleeps with the charles mountain character well but is, also but also the suggestion is that she like wants to have a hot scene with that kid like yes. she's actually feeling it and that she the moment where she talks about having to get a hotter 12 year old yeah i mean it's suggesting yeah. that she is which it's is funny taking, at first and then disturbing when, well, when yeah, you see black the humor no yeah. doubt black humor no doubt but i mean it's suggesting that she's so depraved that she will absorb these qualities for her craft, right, yeah. or whatever, rather than having come to them however Gracie came to them. I wasn't going to say come to them, honestly. That doesn't sound right. But I, yeah, you know, yeah, kinda, yeah. I mean, like I said, the movie, the movie does not have an answer and indeed purposely leaves ambiguous the question of what made her who she is. Yeah. But Natalie Portman's character is in the process of self-creating into her. Yeah, yeah. Consciously choosing, right? Yeah. Seeking out a transformation into this person. Yeah, which, which again, uh, they lay thick, but purposely melodramatically thick, the whole, like, chrysalis, uh, the butterflies, the monarch butterflies. You know, for such an it. obvious metaphor, I kind of liked it. Oh, no, I liked it. Because it no. was visually very cool. No, like, no. Just to watch that, it was, I mean, I mean, it, it was it was on the nose, to be sure, but I thought it worked. Well, it works because of what Haynes is doing. Like, because of the apparatus, the tone, the structure of it is 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 kind of laying in front of you this whole idea and and being very overt being very melodramatic with with it all but, but i mean i do i do feel like the sex scene is the one scene that i question its merit in the movie sure because i don't think we really need it to think she's worse yeah i mean we are she's already slimy and it's kind of a it's kind of an obviously slimy act yeah that they try to also make ambiguous because at one moment she's just like, well, we do this because well, we're adults. It's, it's we want more, pleasure. At another moment she does it because she wants to save him, like suggest yeah. to him that there are other possibilities. And then in the end we come back to the the frightening possibility that she did it for the erotic 
like to be more like Gracie. So the movie, the scene kind of cycles through those possibilities, which I think is interesting. So I think it's well constructed, but I, it still feels to me, to me like a cheap way to further villainize her by giving us one clear like bad act, which is kind of intention with the much more subtle and sinister way that she is evil. I, yeah, well, I think it's meant mostly to symbolize that when you when you go back to mine the territory of trauma, you instill another trauma or bring it back to the surface. I think that that's what's symbolized with her sleeping with with Melton because he it, it's more of what does that say it, it's it's he's a victim again he becomes yeah, yeah. this victim and yeah. a constant like cycle of abuse yeah. that he cannot ever really get out of that he is then confronted with you know that that's what sends him off the emotional deep end to confront his wife about like uh, what am I like? What what is this right? Like I I'm I'm now having like an existential yeah. crisis, which is why a realization, really like, which is why I really like that texting subplot. Yes, because yeah. I thought it was a very quick and easy and effective way to capture like this guy never just got to like flirt with someone like a normal adult would to have the pleasure of just being like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Maybe we should meet up. And he, which yeah. is just such a normal, basic, uh, young adult to regular adult pleasure right just like to meet someone and get to kind of think well maybe we like each other and start sending cute text messages um that's just such a normal thing that he didn't get to do no he didn't get to do it all he was locked down when he was fucking 12 yeah which is insanity right so 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 i thought that that was captured the sort of tragic naivete that he had been had forced on him that how badly he would want to just have like a normal flirtation yeah. with a peer right the, the 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 steps that he takes in this movie which you know her maybe her arrival instigates a kind of recontextualization for him that he is but but he not to to realize what he is doing he is engaged in that on his own it's it's prior to her arrival but he is texting with somebody but he, he would probably have that moment with his son where he gets to smoke weed with him. He's like, I've never smoked weed. But his yeah. son is like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And so he gets to have that. He is essentially going through these steps to grow up. And he would have come to that realization or or maybe an existential crisis to who he is in the relationship and how he got there at some point. It does take the action of well, yeah. the sex to, incre- to, to speed well, that across. Yeah. Uh, down to and I, lo- uh, I love the getting final. stone scene because it's the perfect example of the sort of juxtaposition between the tragic and the tragic comic that mm-hmm. the that the movie is going for right and that's that's i think where the movie really really sings is when it kind of walks that line between things that are sad and funny which everybody's life is tragic comic right yes. yeah. but you hope that everyone's life is not tragic in the way that his life is tragic you hope not everyone has to go through that no. and the way it kind of it kind of oscillates back and forth between those two i think is very effective so i guess this is this is where i come down to the sex scene where i come down on the portman character more generally i'm not saying this would make the movie better but i think there's one way that the movie could have been rejiggered where she is she has more agency in the sense that she has some ambivalence about what she's doing sure. and she gets kind of sucked down this path against her like, she never fights where the movie's taking her. No. She is very much Anton Chigurh in this movie. She is a pure villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she is never anything but. Yeah. Right? She is never anything but a pure villain. You never feel like she feels any ambivalence or reluctance about doing the thing that she's ultimately going to yeah, do. Yeah, Which is, like I said, just like a mosquito. Just attach herself to the situation and suck the blood out. Right? And if 
and if she had been di- portrayed differently, it would be a different movie. I don't know if sure. it would be a better movie, but I do think the extent to which she is so evil and maniacal. But maybe that's the point, right? Yeah. Is, because then she does serve as an even starker contrast against the evil of Gracie that is evil in such a different way. Yeah. It's like it's, yeah. it really is a very interesting meditation on two very different ways that a person can be evil. Yeah. Almost unrecognizable ways that person can yeah. be evil. But, right? they, but they're mirrored in the sense that they are both evil. And so it, it but but it, it does survey it from that very yeah. Yeah. different and, angle. And different kinds of sort of tragedy that can befall a person yeah. at um as evil plays itself out yeah. in the world. Well, I yes, I, I really I'm glad you watched it because when I saw it I was I was so surprised by because I saw it a couple weeks ago, but I was so surprised by how effective it was that it was funny at times, and then I, I I retracted, and then I got reengaged, and I was just fascinated by the oscillation of performance and tone, and it it's really masterful. I I'm really I was really impressed with it. This is probably the best thing he's done since Carol, which was in 2015, so what what uh, eight years ago, and so yeah, this was really an impressive work. I was glad we were able to talk about it. Um, I really, if if you're listening, if you hadn't like heard about it and you were looking for an opinion, I really think it's it's, it's on the one Netflix. of the best. You've got Netflix. You've got Netflix. It, it, it's in theaters. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I uh, I think it's pretty darn sensational. It's really good. He he definitely does throw a lot of balls in the air and manages to catch them all, yeah. which is always impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this is it's good. Good talk, buddy. Good talk. Yeah. Good talk. He's Kyle. <laughs> Send him movies. your money. Yeah, I know. Send him your money. You don't. Yeah, Patreon. You can listen to it on Patreon, and that's where I put it. I do. I do. Dead Reckoner. Dead Reckoner. Substack. Substack. What are we? Wa- what are we watching next week? Well, I mean, priority I think should be Poor Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because um, I was, I'll be seeing that Saturday. Honestly, I think that that should just be Poor Things. Is. Poor yeah, Things. Poor Things. You Poor Things I'm, out there. I'm going to see little... a lot of movies, but I think that's the one I'd I'm like to talk about. Movies. That's Kyle. Yeah, I'm seeing Eileen. I'm seeing Godzilla Minus One finally yeah, yeah. at some point. I'm seeing uh, Hirokazu Koryeda's movie Monster. I'll probably see something else this weekend. I don't know. There's just a, there's there's so many movies. Everything's coming out so this month. So many movies. Uh, but I think Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos, I think yeah. that'll be the, yeah. the one to talk about. Let's do it. Um, all right. Well, then we will talk to you next week. Thank you all for listening.